Digital technologies and on-demand experiences are transforming all industries. In dentistry, we have gone digital inside the clinic. Now it's time to expand virtually beyond the clinic to impact and reach more patients than ever before. In this podcast, we discuss the mindset, tools, and strategies you can implement to grow your practice, work more flexibly, and offer your patients the best options digital dental care brings. I'm Dr. Alec Shukla, and welcome to Beyond the Clinic. Nin, great to catch up with you this morning and really looking forward to getting into our conversation. Um, Nin Gandhi Patel is an Invisalign and dental practice growth consultant and real expert in lead conversion and the lead consultant for InquiryBot Dental. And what we're going to talk about today, and great for you to join us, is essentially the hidden blocks or the, the hidden areas where a practice can grow. And you've got a lot of experience starting from the website, isn't it? And so why don't we, why don't we have a chat there and, and, yeah. and go from there? Thank you, Alec, and a uh, pleasure to uh, speak with you again. Um, yeah, you, now you mentioned the website, and that's a great place to start. However, it doesn't really start there. There's actually a, a few pieces before then um, that you know practice uh, owners or people who run the marketing for dental practices need to be aware of. Now, I, I label this whole piece as patient attraction. Yeah. Now, there's another word in there, and it's called perception. But we've got to be careful how we use that word because, you know, it's about displaying the perceived value. Now, let me give you an example of that. We all can think of a dental practice that possibly isn't as good as it looks like on their website. Right. And that's fine. And that's OK. And we, and we you know, as marketers, we love that kind of stuff. However, you can't you can have a practice that's completely different to how it's perceived by uh, the user for the very first time. So that that perceived value or perception of the dental practice um, is very important. It's very powerful when it's used in the right way, but also has to be carefully used if it's not uh, congruent to the actual practice. Yeah, you want to be congruent. You want to have the branding, the messaging in the right way to attract your ideal avatar patient, basically. Correct, absolutely. Now, the reason I bring that up, Olaf, is because it's, if, when used in the right way, it's so powerful. Now, let me just let me just qualify what we're saying. Absolutely agreed. It's got to be congruent to the brand and the practice, and it's all going to be you know in, in the same field, right? When I say it's powerful, is that if you market and present the dental practice with the right offer, not free, 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 or you know, hey, we're we're, we're less uh, you know costly than the next place down the road. I I don't think that's the way to do it. This really is about two things: education. Yeah. And value. Yeah. But it's education and perceived value that's going to attract them. Now, I know this may seem obvious, Olok, but it's all in how we position because all, all we've really got is words. If you really no, I agree. That, words yeah. and images. And I think people use the word value a lot, but sometimes they don't go into a bit more detail. So with value, it's about like certainty of outcome. How likely are you? How well do you trust that place that they will be able to live that for you? How convenient is that place? And, um, you know, what other reassurances or guarantees or inclusions within that to get your total solution? Because ultimately, people don't want a product such as an aligner or whatever like this. They want their nice smile, isn't it? Right. So I, I 100% agree with you. Having the messaging and everything correct. And even some practices should have multiple websites, depending on who they're trying to attract for higher value um, procedures, because you can't be one one person could be everything to everyone, basically. So, yeah. Correct. And this is, this is again, I call this like a hub and spoke type um, marketing approach, it's like a strategy where you have your main hub website, right? Yeah. That could be your big juggernaut. This is fine. And that's, you could be, you could build that in a way. So it's really uh, what I call a, 
it's, it's like where all the, all the heavy lifting is done, all the SEO is done. And then what we do is then we have a separate landing page and it's got to be separate. Now, there's a, there's a conversation to be had about having it within the website and that's fine. But if you're, for example, doing a, an Invisalign campaign or an author campaign, then that landing page needs to be presented in a, in a very targeted way. Again, value, education, building the trust, because you're right. It's not Invisalign they're looking for. It's not implants they're looking for. They're looking for a great smile. But I would say it's actually more than that. It's what, it's what they get with a great smile. So is it their confidence that they're looking to, to change? Is it their appearance they're looking to change? Nine times out of 10, it comes down to do the, the way how confident they smile. And that's really important, you know, is what is the patient really looking for? In my experience, a high percentage is confidence, right? Um, and there's, there's a whole uh, host of other things that people... No, I, I, I agree with you there. It also makes the messaging a lot easier to do because when we used to have a dental practice, we had the main dental practice website, Alkali Dental Studios, but we had a separate orthodontic brand called I Love Straight Teeth, right? So that made it super simple to offer free guide, online test, all those different elements. And yeah. you can then attract different audiences. And we were targeting busy adults working, you know, essentially 28 to 40 years old, the poor demographic to have yeah. that. And so, yeah, one of the big takeaways you've got is like having the right messaging and branding correct to attract those people, isn't it? Correct. No, no. I mean, this is where it gets interesting. I mean, you know, I, I did marketing theory at, uh, at university. And it can get very deep. And this comes down to a very, I think, a good way to uh, imagine if you or if your audience, if your audience can imagine a funnel, right? We all imagine that funnel. And <clears throat> as you get further down the funnel, you get more concentrated to a decision. And yeah. your marketing or the assets that you're using for marketing need to represent which stage of that funnel. Now, let's change the word funnel to buying process. Right, or the yeah, attention, consideration, absolutely attention. awareness, consideration, action, decision. So a landing page is going to be way down the bottom there, looking for, uh, you know, um, I'm ready. I'm really interested in this product, and I'm I'm very close to buying. Um, so and, and this is where we can use marketing assets in different ways, right? There's there's social marketing, of course, through through the the social channels, but then Google uh, Google PPC, pay per click ads are in my opinion, still the most cost-effective way to get good quality um, conversions. The reason so why... It's cheaper than Facebook at this point in time, and it's more effective as well. So, you know. Yeah, well, actually, there's an argument there around how, you know, what, what's cheaper, what's better. Um, in my opinion, what practices should be looking at is two metrics. The first metric is CPL, cost per lead. Yeah. Second metric is CPA, cost per acquisition. Right. So what is it costing to make the phone ring? What is it costing us to get an inquiry by inquiry? Or what is it costing us to get, you know, an interest? Then we need to measure what is it costing for that patient to come and sit in my chair? Then we need to measure if that patient says yes, how much have I really paid for that patient? So we can say, for example, £3,500 for uh, ortho treatment. Just use that as an example. Obviously, minus the lab fees and all the other costs, but there's been an acquisition cost as well, and that tends to be around two to three hundred pounds. Anything more than that, if you're not measuring it, it's bad. But if you anything more than that, then there's something quite not right about your messaging, right? Again, I don't want to go too deep into that side, but you're right. No, no, no but I agree with you. I agree with you, and, and I think like the first area where you're quite expert in is like this. When we talked about cost per lead, is we talked about all these things about getting traffic to the website, right? But just because you've got people on your website doesn't mean you can actually obtain an inquiry. So this is the main thing, isn't it? Like most websites, essentially a brochure, 
They might have like a contact us form. Limited numbers will have a free guide opt-in. Um, what are you seeing as like the most in, most effective ways to essentially create an interactive communication from them? Yeah, sure. And and you know, I've done I've done a um a talk on this, and also this comes on to the tr- the training that we're um, we're developed and launching as well. Um, this is a really really t- uh, subject close to my heart. Websites, and by the way, I'm very close with a lot of uh, people who build websites, um, and we love them all, of course. However, in my opinion, based on my experience, I believe websites need a complete change because the patient, the way the patient interacts with businesses, that's changed. They want instant chat. They want to be able to converse and they want a quick response, right? That kind of, um, uh, it's, 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 a, it's basically... You delivery, Uber Eats, you have everything else that... Absolutely, that they want it basic, now. It's that instant gratification. On-demand economy has been trained, basically. So yeah. what, I would, what I would invite your audience to think about is look at your website. Now look at the structure of your website. And I promise you that nine times out of 10, it hasn't changed since website started. We all have a menu near the top. We have a contact us page, and then we have a contact us form. Now that sounds basic, but really think about it from the, the, the psychology of the patient. They've just, just talk, think about this for a second. Their intention is, I want a dentist, I'm looking for a better smile. Whatever the reason is, let's just use that. Then they do something to go to the internet. Normally it's the phone or a PC. Then they type something in, then they press click, and then they scroll down, and they're only going to click a link that they believe is going to help them. And we know that because we do the same. There's no way we're just going to click randomly. So it's the words, do they correspond with what they've typed in? Yeah. Most people only click something that they read, which they believe is going to help them. And when they click that, then they land on the website. Now, let's just imagine that the, 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 the marketing is well-constructed and it's a landing page. Well, then what do we do? We ask them to go to a contact us. We've got to wait for that to load. And then we want them to fill in a form, which is normally two-thirds of the way down. That makes no sense. And, and the thing is, what dental practice have to understand is that, like, this is the, the patient will be opening up, let's just say six or seven browsers at the same time. Right. And it'll be like six or seven websites being looked at the same way because people will basically search and then contact in, in bulk. And you're not just competing with places which are normal dental practices. Now there's many D2C companies and different things. And they've got like a very targeted, very slick, direct and um, digital patient journey. And we, if they've got a single call to action and a single way to engage, You've got to think that, like, how can I get people to do do that in the same way? Because people want information on the platform they are on. Because, like, for example, Instagram, just because you've got a link, no one will click that and go there. They want the information on Instagram. They don't want to go somewhere else. So in the same way, you want to layer a technology on top of your website so you can create that interactivity, basically, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. Not only does the patient want to, you know, it's all about ease of use, right? <clears throat> Not only does the patient want it on the platform the owners of the platform want you to stay on the platform. So it always shocks me when you have a website and, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll smile when I say this because a lot of websites do this is on the contact us page they have an email address. And when you click an email address, you have to wait for that person's email client to open. Normally it's outlook or Gmail. And that's I don't use mail. So I always have to like cancel that thing. Whenever Absolutely. Now let's just go back a second. This is the part that I think is a massive shift in the mindset. I want your audience to think about how many people visit their website on a monthly basis. Yeah. I'm just going to use the figure of 500. That's a good number. 
Okay, if you're doing average, would you pay for a dental practice? I would. I would say if you're if you're getting less than five hundred visits a month, you're not really marketing. Okay, there's something you're missing and a huge opportunity. I think a thousand a month is good, and then anything above that, up to fifty thousand, you know, it doesn't matter what the number is, but it shouldn't be less than a thousand. But let's just use five hundred because that should be the minimum. Now, just imagine this: if five hundred physical people walked into your dental practice and came to your reception desk, you, you wouldn't just sit there. Now, number one, it, when, the, when the first person walks in, let's just take an, a 30-day month, per, person walks in. In real life, what we do is we engage, welcome, hi, welcome, how can I help you? There's never a chance in hell the patient would walk in and the receptionist would wait for the patient to speak first. That would never happen, right? And we get that. We know that feeling when you walk into a restaurant. No, no, right? no so many places. I mean, we had kind of went to look at a car recently, and it was like in the, in the shopping mall, they had like two cars on display, and we were just waiting by the car, and they wouldn't even acknowledge us. So we just, you know, it's on this. Right? And you get it. You, you've only got to wait, what, 30 seconds before you think. Even a minute, we were generous, but like, yeah. And all it takes, I mean, you know, my background is hospitality. I work on a cruise ships. And they teach you, you know, you know, it's excellence in service. And all it takes is someone to say, hey, bear with me two minutes. I'll be with you. That's it. You can now wait five minutes. But let's just go back to that scenario. This is really important. The average website should get 500 visits a month. Now, let's change that word visits and clicks because that's what the report will tell us. That's wrong. These are real people, real patients that went through that five-step process Right, I call that the journey of the click to get to your site. There's five separate things that they did to get to your site. There's no way they are not qualified. But what we do on our website is the complete opposite of what we do in real life. Because imagine this, when somebody lands on your website, you're waiting for the patient to make the next move. They have to do the work. They have to think, oh, which page do I want? Uh, okay, I'm ready to contact them. So let me go to contact us. I'm waiting for that to load. And then where's the contact form? I've got to scroll down. That is passive. You're basically completely passive, right? As opposed to like directing and and um, guiding someone, you're Correct. hoping that they'll figure out what there will be. Any good restaurant absolutely would do an orientation. Like, is it your first time here? Do you know how it works? It's a standard thing, isn't it? Right? Because people want to see a path in front of them. Absolutely. I, think, I mean, and, using, using that um, restaurant, I mean, I'll make a joke out of this, but using that restaurant analogy, right? You walk in, if no one acknowledges you, it's what, 20, 30 seconds before you start to feel uncomfortable? But let's say, for example, someone did acknowledge you and they sit you down, they give you the menu, and then the waiter comes back. Are you ready to order? Yes. Come with me. Can you imagine them taking you back to the reception desk and then saying, okay, what would you like? And they say, oh, well, hold on a second. And they give you the pen and paper to write the order down. That's complete bizarre. That would never happen in a restaurant. This is what's happening on our websites. Yeah. Now, let me just kind of bring this back. We have more opportunity, at least 500, we have more opportunity for new patients to go ahead with treatment on our website than we do physical in our reception desk. But what we do, Oleg, is we treat them completely opposite. In real life, we engage them. On our website, we wait for them to do the first move. It's bizarre. But, but the thing is also that more and more people are essentially browsing digitally right because of covid and everything like this they're exploring and seeing what places are like rather than walking around different places like the footfall is there but it's 
changed somewhat. So it's more important than ever to use technology to interact. So like you said, like 500 visitors per website, like for average dental practice website. If someone was using, let's say, like the normal contact us form or whatever like this versus using inquiry bot or something like this, what kind of difference in like um, in, in lead capture would... Could oh, you okay. The, the, I mean, the, it's off the chart. I've never seen in my history of working in marketing, which is over close to 15 years now, a product work this well. And it's really interesting because I had my perception of live chat and I'm a big fan of all marketing. All marketing works to a certain degree. But the reason why InquiryBot is different is because we've actually built it and designed it as if the person was speaking to you in real life. Or imagine this, when you pick up the phone and you answer, you always say hello first. You'd never wait for the patient to, to speak first, right? That's, that would never happen. But if you were speaking to a patient that called you for the first time, that's where InquiryBot Dental is different because it's speaking to and engaging to, uh, in, with you. And within less than two minutes, you get a qualified inquiry. And the real power is it's constant. The amount of people, dental practices are getting more inquiries when they're closed than they do when they're open. Sundays and evenings when people are online, right? Like that makes complete sense. So so I think this this foundation, this... um, how InquiryBot responds is like to do with that AIQ, which is your, your training course, for example, that you've kind of got Correct. coming up soon. So what does that AIQ stand for then? So. Yeah, <laughs> so you get me started now. All right, so AIQ is, um, the way I kind of present this to dental practices and especially principals is I say, hey, you know, you may feel like you were born to be a dentist, but I promise you when you were born, you didn't come out wearing a, uh, a mask and, you know, and the tools ready in your hand, right? You went through a training program, you were trained, you, you started hard and you got qualified. Now, my training is completely different, but I got trained in marketing and sales and let's say the psychology of sales. I'm a big fan of psychology. And AIQ is a uh, a technique I developed and it's called acknowledge information question. And once you become aware of it, you can use that technique to engage somebody in a very natural conversational style. Now, where the power of it is, Oluk, the power of it is in your conversion so and this is the next stage, right? So you've got the inquiry bot working, people are coming as email inquiries. And the next big hole that we find is that like practices that have too many inquiries, the team don't know how to handle them, right? Like and we've done our own like audits and we found that like practices don't re- reply to 50% of emails about how much our line is, for example, which is quite, quite strange, <laughs> you know, and, and then on say, top so of we that- say strange, it, Alec, We say, sorry to talk about you, we, we say strange. But, you know, I use my super duper calculator here, right? And I, I do this deliberately. This very small calculator big, speaks some very big numbers. 500 times what I call the average uh, treatment value to be 2,000 pounds in terms of when a new patient goes ahead with private treatment. Yeah. That is a million pounds a month coming through as an opportunity. You've got 500 opportunities to earn and collect 2,000 pounds. But what we do is because we're not trained, or let me say that again, we sometimes become oblivious to yes. it's that hidden block where the systems, the technology systems and the, and the team have not been aligned in that way. So I think this is the key thing of like, once the email inquiries are coming in and um, knowing the right way to reply to price inquiries, the right way to reply to, you know, general information, they don't want to be directed back to the website with a landing page or whatever like this. They, they, they want to be guided, isn't it? Right. And I think this Absolutely. is the next 
once you've unlocked like the potential from the website visitors, the next thing is like the inquiries coming in. What 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 stuff do you cover in your course which which helps unlock that that part? Because that's a yeah. hidden block which many practice owners may not realize unless you actually yeah correct correct. So so the, the the interesting thing about dentistry is you could be a pretty average dentist in terms of um, you know skill and still do really well. Okay, your your team could be you know hitting the basic numbers the average numbers, and still do really well. Most dentist practices are, you know, commercially sound. But what's the difference between a practice doing 30% conversion, which in my opinion is the base level, okay? okay. Uh, what's the difference uh, between a practice that does that versus a practice that does 8 out of 10? So I'm talking from phone call or inquiry to a consultation booking. In my experience, okay. it's always been 30% as a base. If it's less than that, something's not right, and I would urge you to stop and, re, you know, look at your uh, process. But... What's the difference? How do you get that extra 1% or 2% or doubling, right? Because you've only got to go up 1% or 2% when you make a fortune. And the difference is psychology. Now, let me give you an example, Alok, and I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of, your, of time, but this is a little snippet of the, I want to give the audience of what AIQ, the real power of it. AIQ, I mean, before I tell you, let me ask you a question, Alok, right? You, you can still hear me okay, yes? Yeah, perfectly. Is your camera on? Can you see me? I can see you perfectly. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Okay. Well, look, we're going to play a quick game. And if you've got a minute, uh, I'll whiz through it. Are you okay to play? Yeah, perfect. Brilliant. Okay. Oh, look, uh, what's your favorite hot drink? Yeah, hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. You know what? That is, that is the number one answer whenever I ask that question. The, the interesting thing is I don't drink hot chocolate. I was like, I'm a, I'm a coffee person. And if I had to guess what the number one answer would be, I would I would have thought coffee. I mean, if I have hot chocolate, the place to go, in my opinion, is Hotel Chocolat. They've got, they've, is it the Velveter? Yeah. yeah, very good place. Right, okay. So, I mean, again, I'm a coffee person. You, you said hot chocolate. The number one answer is hot chocolate. Um, so how do, you, how do you take your hot chocolate? How do you like it? Do you like it with the marshmallows or how do you like it? No, just like um, just the, the, the with, with plant based milk and like just the, the creamy one. We've got a little machine thing at home basically that does that. Okay, brilliant. Now I don't know about you, but when I have a hot drink and I have quite a few during the day, um, it's it's not the drink that I want. It's the biscuit. I'm going to prove it to you. I've got a plate of biscuits here. So throughout the day, it's my brain wanting the biscuit, not the coffee. But I use the coffee as a proxy to get to the biscuits, right? So and my favorite biscuit right now is a ginger nut, right? When you have your hot chocolate. Do you tend to have anything with it? No. Just straight up. Okay, brilliant. Right, now let's stop. That was a very loose and off-the-cuff example of AIQ. Let's just rewind a second. Okay, just rewind a second, last 30 seconds. I asked you a question. What was the first question? Yeah, like, what's your favorite hot drink? Yeah, that, I did ask that question. But there was another question before that that I asked. Ah, can I ask you a question, basically, was it? And there was another question before that that I can ask. Can you hear me okay, was it? Or... And there was another one before that. I can't remember that one. All right, okay. <laughs> I know you can hear me. We've been speaking. I know I can see you can see me because we've been chatting, okay? I know that. So those were some really silly, obvious ones, okay? But I did that deliberately because what I need you to do, look, is I need you to open up. And in sales and in the art of persuasion, or let's say the psychology of sales, is you need that person's attention and you need them to open up. And the way to do that, a very easy way to do that, is to get yes. Because when you say the word yes, and I promise you some of your audience are doing it right now, they say yes, and it opens up your smile. A no will close, 
a yes will open. So a good way to start engaging somebody is to get an easy yes. Here's a great way to get an easy yes. Hey, hey can you hear me okay? Yes. You see what I mean? Easy yes. I've got one. My target is three. So I use a very easy one to say, hey, can you hear me okay? Can you see me okay? We're going to play a quick game. Are you willing to play? You said yes. I've got my three yeses. So psychologically, I have your attention. And then I go into it. Now, I say, what's your favorite hot drink? You said? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Now, what I didn't do is I didn't say, oh, wow, how do you like your hot chocolate? Okay. Do you have anything with your hot chocolate? If I go into question, 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 that doesn't feel natural. And it comes across as interrogation, maybe, right? Now, what I did instead was I asked you a question, I waited for your response, and then I acknowledged your response, and I gave some information around your response. And then I asked the question. So you said hot chocolate. I'm like, wow, you know what? The number one answer is hot chocolate. I drink coffee. I would have thought the number one answer was coffee. How do you like your hot chocolate? A, acknowledge. I, information. Q, finish with a question. Why? When I ask a question, the person responds. I'm in control. The other person's responding. Now, look, if you take a sidestep for a second, whenever anyone's speaking, including what we've done today, one person is in control. The other one's responding. The person who's asking questions is in control. Now, let me just put this correct. I don't mean control in a manipulative way. That's not what I mean. But directing, but directing. And I think this is very, very good because most people that say like um, receptionists or people working in front of the house, they have very good, strong skills in administrative elements or doing different bits, which help the dental practice see the existing people. But nobody really has um, formal or directed training in communication, in guiding towards an outcome or optimizing conversations in order to be able to get what you want. So I think the nice thing is when people know they've got a framework, they can follow like the AIQ, they get used to handling it a few times. I could imagine that there would be a huge number of um, new inquiries that would, would want to come in because also that the reception has much more confidence in how to manage those conversations, basically. Correct. correct. And now, look, let's just be really clear here. <clears throat> what I'm not saying is when your phone rings at reception, you don't say, hi, can you hear me? OK. And I know you can't say that's let me put it in real life. AIQ is so powerful that when you practice it and you use it, your conversion rate goes up. I tell you why. Now look, if you didn't know that we were going to play a quick game, thinking about the conversation we had about our chocolate, that was a very natural conversation. It wasn't forced. It was, yeah. you know, it seemed genuine. And by the way, it is genuine. You have to, you have to pay attention, right? Because you, people can pick up on insincerity. Yeah. But it's, if you become conscious about what you're saying and how you're asking, you can guide that conversation to how you want. Remember, the patient went through those five steps to get to you. More than 95% of people leave a website, less than 5% inquire. That's a fact. And that's a very scary fact because it's cost you to get them to your website. So when the phone rings, the person who picks up your telephone has to be super switched on and, and actually take a pause to say, phone's ringing. That's one of the three or five people out of 100 that made the next step. That's super important. Plus, 4,000 pounds. Remember, a million pounds opportunity is coming every single month. So you've got to be really ready for it. And when you go, be super nice. Now, being super nice and being, let's say, let's apply some common sense. That is what most people do. Super nice, 
super polite, applying common sense. That's brilliant. But without acknowledging what we're saying and how we're guiding that conversation, we can't give that patient the best, best experience. Or let me say that again. We sometimes miss the opportunity to give that patient the best experience. And when you give the best experience, your conversion rate goes up. No, I, I agree. So, and I think, I think this is, these are all very powerful things, like from the website, getting more people to actually capture the information and become an inquiry from the inquiries that actually come in by, you know, phone call or in person, having the team member with the right um, tools to be able to, and the right framework to guide a conversation, but also aligning their incentives. So that's why in-house bonus plans and systems and everything else are very, very important so that they want to actually see more people and, yeah. and see it as a way for the whole team to win together it becomes, becomes very powerful. So tell me, Nin, you've got your three-day training. Tell me about that. Like when, when is it and where is it? And um, yeah. it's really detailed, isn't it? Right? Like, there's a it lot is. Of and the, the reason, yeah, thank you, Oleg. The reason why I've, uh, I've done a three-day program as opposed to a one-day intensive is in, in, my, in my time of running courses and, and training programs, I've seen people get overwhelmed. So you can go to a, a course that does a one-day immersive experience, which is fine. And what I've found is people go there and there's so much to do. There's so much to learn that you can get really pumped up and get motivated, but then you go back to practice and you're like, okay, where do I start? Yeah. Right? Because most practice owners, they know they got to market. They know they've got to convert. They know all the things they've got to do, but they don't know how to do it. And what I've done is I've, I've taken the, the, that entire first stage, uh, or let's say, for example, the patient acquisition. So in getting the patient interested, the consultation, and getting them to the point where they say, yes, I'd like to go ahead. Here's my, here's my money. Yeah. That whole process, that patient journey, I've split it into three. Right. And it's not three consecutive days because that wouldn't work. You've, the first day is, is about setting up the systems about yeah, patient yeah. acquisition. So day one is all the stuff we're talking about, AIQ, qualifying a patient, what to say, and then how to manage that lead for the next step, which is day two about the consultation. So day one happens um, and then it's like you've got to go and implement and then we hold your hand through that. And then there's day two about two months later, because then you can come back and say, right, I did that. Here's the problems I found. And it, so it's a, it's, it's a small group environment. It's limited to 10 practices. It actually starts in Birmingham and then it goes to Manchester and then it goes to London. OK, so if you come to the, the first day, then really you should be coming back for day two and day three. The, the course is non-clinical. OK, and it's geared for practice owners, associate dentists and front of house staff. So manager, receptionist, TCO and my favorite person, NPC, new patient coordinators. New patient coordinators are, for me, the most important person in the business because without that role, the business suffers. No, and there's just so much to unpack there. And I think it's quite exciting when the practice owner can see that there's like three taps that they can kind of turn on to kind of get everything going. And as I say, your courses over the three days, they've got the time and they can bring their team along. So they don't have to worry about having to then try and regurgitate your course on Monday morning. They could actually have them ready Absolutely. to start. Absolutely. Because what, what happens, Alok, is the, that some, I've done this before where a manager would come, right? Because normally the practice manager is like, you go, go, go and learn and come back, right? They're like, oh my God, that is so all this stuff I've been telling the principal, I need this, I need this. I wish I'd bought my principal. Or the principal comes, yeah. it's like, this is what I've been telling my team to do. And, you know, they've heard that a million times, uh, that voice over and over. Sometimes a third party is better. So I would say, look, if you're serious about um, really taking the opportunity, and by the way, let's just put that into context. We're not talking about spending more money on marketing. 
We're not talking about more, more, more. Let's just focus on what you're getting right now. You're getting 500 opportunities a month to generate 2,000 pounds each. I'm going to teach you a way to capture more of that, to retain more of it. These are people that you've done already. And there's a line that I use, you've done something right to get them on your site. So you've, you've done something, either marketing or your referral process or just great treatment and it's um, refer a friend or family member. They came to your website. But because of the, let's use that leaky bucket scenario, right? Yeah. And the lack of training uh, or the opportunity that you can have to tweak what you say, you really can take this. Um, and I would, I would actually you know, say, because I've seen this, you can double, triple your conversion rate, which has a massive impact on revenue. Massive. 100%. Um, Listen, it was fantastic and really interesting learning all about the different elements that can be gone through. And as I say, that's the whole beauty of having the three-day immersion. You know, you can really go into a lot of detail with everything. So great. So then where can people find out more about this course? Because we'll put a link, but we'll also have the details here. Yeah. So you can go to my website, ninngandipatel.com. If you make a spelling error, I'm sure Google will pick it up. So either go to ninngandipatel.com. You can go to aiq.training. So it's aiq.training. And on there will be a link to book tickets as well. And what I'd like to offer your audience, Alec, is if they either DM you or send me a message, I'm going to offer them a discount code. Um, thank you for listening to this podcast. And also, uh, you know, just to entice them to come in and make that first step. Because the crazy thing about this opportunity, Alec, is... And I, and I say this with a smile on my face, is that just one, let's use author, right? One author case priced at three and a half thousand pounds. If you do one every month, that's 42,000 at the end of the year, extra, 100%. it's one. The course is designed to give you three, five, up to 20 extra a month. That's what it's designed to do. So there's a huge opportunity. And some people like say, well, I mean, if I increase my, uh, my patients, then I'm really taken away from from the competitors. I don't really, I don't want to, you know, some people are like, I don't want to take it from my competitors, but look, that's a conversation for another time. But remember, they came to you already. We're not trying to pinch other people. These no, the main thing is actually people is, the biggest thing to overcome is actually apathy. People, many people just don't do anything, right? So by you being the, the, the trusted person that they feel comfortable with, they'll actually go ahead and do something. So Absolutely. I'm very excited about it. And, you know, with, with, with another way of doing another reason why doing the three day course is because you build that relationship as well. And because AIQ is a technique that they need to practice, practice. I'm going to give real examples. I know we spoke about hot chocolate, which is a silly example, but I'm going to give real examples of how to use AIQ in your booking process, in your consultation process. And that will increase the, um, the conversion rate of your of um, patients accepting treatment. Wonderful. Well, listen, thank you very much for your time today. Awesome. Alec, thank you very much and thanks for your audience.